Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the update to the Public Tower event uh, that happened in Destiny a couple of weeks ago, actually. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. I stream Monday through Friday during the day and do these talks, and you can catch me right now, probably. If you're listening to the podcast version or you want to listen to these podcast versions, this entire episodes, you can search for SNTR Presents on all the podcast platforms. If you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, the bell button all that helps me out so this happened a while ago but it happened on the same day that guardian games started they updated the public serif tower event and i continued to want to do a talk about it but too much happened there was like the cheating allegations and then there was the clarification from bungie and then bungie said hey we're making a bunch of changes to bounties and seasons in year four and i felt like that stuff was more pressing but i do want to talk about this because I think this is one of the biggest missteps of the season. This season's thin, and people are kind of unhappy with the PvE elements, and this is, I think, one of the biggest reasons, and they really, I think, could have made a couple of minor changes, and this season wouldn't feel as bad as it does. So, first I'm just going to say, what do they change? You might not even realize it. Maybe you just gave up on this tower event in general, or maybe you're not really catching what's happening. So, I'm going to outline what they changed. I'm going to talk about how this event is a devaluation of centerpiece core activities. It's just not a good activity according to the rules and the value points of previous activities we've gotten. And then I want to talk about going forward. Uh, If they're going to be doing new activities and centerpieces like this, we need to have... I think significant changes and sort of going back to things that we know work well. They've done a good job with some of the things they put in the game, and this was just a giant swing and a miss. So what did they change? Right now, if you go run the public uh, Seraph Tower events, you will get less percentage per ball thrown just because. They just wanted to make it harder, I guess. I don't really know why. They did not give you an adjustment to time, though. So they're still requiring you to do it in the same amount of time, but you get less percentage every time, not per ball thrown, I'm sorry, but per tower defended. So previously, you'd like defend the tower, and I think you'd get like 20, 21% or something. Now I think it's like 17. So you get less percent, and you're still required to do it in the same amount of time. They also have multiple towers activating at a certain point. I think around the halfway mark, two towers start to activate at the exact same time. Eventually, somebody said it's like 3% or something. Somebody in chat saying it's 9% and it was 17. Okay, well, yeah. (laughs) So they really lowered it. It takes a lot longer. Now, you can make up for the lower percentages once there's multiple towers in play if there's enough people in the area. If there's enough people in the area, when the multiple towers come up, if you split up, you can kind of make up the difference of having less percentage per tower that is cleared and defended. Like, once you throw enough balls and it goes down to the ground, you know, you get that percentage. If you're doing more at the same time, you can kind of, like, make up the difference. They did not change any of the rewards. You don't get better loot. You don't get more loot. They did, however, add a triumph. Uh, This was like a hidden one that suddenly became visible. If you successfully complete the event and none of the towers fail, meaning if the tower spits out two balls instead of six, that's a fail. That means you failed to protect it and it couldn't spit out the maximum amount of power. So you got a two. That's a triumph right now that people are trying to complete. They're basically going back to the escalation protocol days of going into an instance, begging somebody to like invite their friend and then they ask that person to leave. 
I got the triumph that way. I was playing some Crucible. Chat started spamming chat. They're like, hey, we have an instance. We have a spot for you. Get here quickly. We had nine people. We put three people to a, to a plate. And then we all just basically defended our plate. And it actually was pretty fun that way. And we got the triumph. None of the plates failed. So people are trying to do that right now by going back to what we did during Escalation Protocol. Like basically trying to take over an instance because there's no matchmaking there you know there's no way to organize with blueberries because sometimes people are in the area they decide to quit maybe they're just passing through and they're just taking up space in your public instance because they're either not interested or whatever they're doing also some of the planets you have you know the the actual instance is close by to something that other people are going into IO is terrible because it's in the same instance as the NPC. It's in the same instance as the as the as the bunker entrance. So there's tons of people landing in the instance on IO and never heading to the public event. That seems like a pretty glaring oversight. And so it's it's becoming a pretty significant struggle. I believe that this change poured gas on an existing fire. I think the event was already terrible and poorly conceived of and designed. I've already talked about this in my first impressions video in my review video. I just think this event's awful from the bottom to the top and this made it worse and I want to talk about how it's been devalued. So Menagerie, Vex Offensive and Sundial, all of them were six man uh, six-player, match-made, non-failable activities. Six-player, match-made, non-failable. And that was like a huge, huge win for the community. Menagerie got so much praise for its design. I have a video saying it's the best PvE content they've ever made. Paul Tassi said the same thing in our article. There was a Reddit thread about Menagerie. This is the best PvE content you guys have ever made. It's great. Six-man, it's match-made, it's not failable. There's like a spectrum of reward. Like if you play more efficiently you feel like you get more rewards right you get them more quickly so instead of it taking you know 25 to 30 minutes it takes 10 minutes and so you're getting basically you know double the reward turnover i don't know why you would remove all of those value points especially after escalation protocol escalation protocol was a lifetime ago they know that we don't like this sort of thing the lack of matchmaking in Escalation Protocol, the complaints about the struggles to get into an instance in Escalation Protocol, the failable nature of Escalation Protocol in a public environment, and it hijacks the public space. Escalation Protocol is not close enough to the launch of this. I don't give them a pass. This is not parallel development. This is not, we have to place multiple bets at the same time. No, this is a fumbled ball. This is just bad content. This is not reckoning. This is not escalation protocol. This is not a new concept of, oh, we didn't really know how the community was going to respond. No, that's bull. They knew exactly how we were going to respond to this. Yeah, Blindwell got similar complaints. I can't get into an instance with anybody. Give us matchmaking. Anytime you do content like this, there's no you do not get a pass. I know people say I give Bungie a pass too often, I'm too understanding, I'm too patient. No, in this regard, you get zero passes. Don't ever do this again. It's terrible. Please stop. <laughs> the update would actually this is the terrible irony. This is the terrible irony. The update to the encounter, to the public event would actually make for really good content if it was match made. It's fun! When you go in with the full team, it's actually kind of fun. 
they added enormous majors that show up. Uh, when I was on <laughs> the moon, this giant knight showed up. I was like, who the frick is this guy? It's actually kind of exciting. There's explosions happening everywhere. People are making, you know, war mine cells. It's actually really fun with the full instance. And that's the terrible irony and almost, I would say, the betrayal here. You had people design really good content. It's not that bad. It's actually pretty fun with the full fire team, with people that know what they're with, with what's going on. And then there's no matchmaking and it's failable. This just cannot continue to happen. So going forward, okay, going forward. Core activities that are centerpieces should be match-made, period. Period, no exceptions. You cannot create centerpiece core activities without matchmaking. I don't know where the frick you think you are, but it's 2020, Destiny's been out for almost six years, and a lack of matchmaking doesn't belong in entry point centerpiece core activity content. It is asinine. We can no longer do this. This is this is unacceptable. Okay, you don't need matchmaking for trials, raids, dungeons, or grandmaster nightfalls, but you need matchmaking for this type of content. It's just it's it is a it is a bush league low rung requirement. It's it's the it's the bottom rung. It's bare minimum requirement. Non failable with spectrum coming from efficiency, I believe is key. I believe that's key. It can't be failable. If you're going to throw me into match-made content with a bunch of random people, it cannot be failable, okay? But the spectrum of reward being better for efficiency is the key. If you ran Menagerie in 10 minutes, you were getting loot more often than the people that were matchmaking and taking 20 to 25. It takes you 20-25 minutes to get a gun. I can probably run the thing in 10 minutes and get two guns. I'm basically getting double rewards. I have two guns. So, if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to give us the opportunity to not fail something, create that spectrum and reward the really efficient and really good teams. I think that's a good idea. I think that worked very well in Menagerie as well as Sundial. Public space events are fine, but depending on people around you is just honestly terrible. The Vex invasions were dope. You could trigger them and do them right and get that giant world boss to show up, and that was really exciting. I, but I saw so many people who couldn't take advantage of it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't enjoy that fight and that event because there weren't people around. So you've got to figure out a way, if you're going to do stuff in the public space, either figure out a way to matchmake or instance people better or just completely reject this notion. Stop trying to romanticize the public event and just give us the opportunity to do dope stuff together. This is not a dedicated server's world giant area game with 30 people around at all times, okay? It just, it isn't. So you can't cram that into Destiny. It's just not the game that you have designed. Work within the parameters of the game you've built, and we will enjoy the content significantly more than whatever this event was supposed to be. It's fumbling more because of bad structure and a lack of matchmaking, and it's failable. That's actually what's worse about it. The event itself is not that bad. The event itself isn't amazing, but it feels 10 times worse because of those things that we've outlined. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you probably catch me live right now at sayno to rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A that followed my talk about the Seraph Tower event update that happened. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. That will bring you right to my Twitch channel if you want to take part in these live on uh, the channel and in the chat. And if you're watching on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, and the bell button are great and easy and free ways to support me. And if you like listening to these as like entire podcast episodes, you can find the audio podcast versions on any platform that does podcasts at SNTR Presents. Just search for that. First question from Parasito. The change of the tower event seems appreciated by the more dedicated players. How does this affect new and super casual players? Year two and year three are on sale right now, so are new players not engaging? Well, the concern I always have is I don't mind content either getting a little bit harder or having difficulty spectrum. This content, however, as I described it, is this is a core activity. It's a centerpiece core activity. This is this is the centerpiece of this of the season. You got bunkers and then clearing the bunkers. Legendary lost sectors are at a thousand power level. Okay, that's that's like one of the difficulty thresholds for nightfall. So legendary lost sectors are not a core a core centerpiece activity. They're aspirational. Like legend nightfalls are a thousand. So th- I don't think you can say legendary lost sectors are a core centerpiece and I don't think that clearing bunkers is either cuz you do it one time. This is literally the core centerpiece entry point activity. It's like sundial, it's like vex offensive, it's like menagerie. You know, it's like the forges in Black Armory. This content should never feel like this, ever. If you want to add another echelon, a heroic mode, go ahead. You better give me a reason to do it. Legend Sundial was kind of stupid. So, and again, this is why the the foundational premise of match made non-failable is necessary because then you can do what you're talking about. You, you're kind of hinting at, right? You can kind of give the hardcore, more dedicated players a better or more challenging version because underneath of that is a groundswell of just ease, accessibility. Everybody's playing it and doing it. And then on top, you have like the upper layer. Now, this could be something that we see more of in year four. As Luke Smith says, they want to refuel aspiration. So we shouldn't have any more legend sundial events like legend sundial was a fit was a giant fail heroic menagerie was a giant fail all of those fall under the umbrella of aspirational you know content and loot is just not there in destiny it just simply isn't trials grandmaster nightfalls all of these are aspirational pieces of content with loot that are that's just not in line it just isn't in line with what you would expect to see so Somebody ordered some of the coffee. Thank you for doing that. So I would say you always need that foundational just value point of if it's the entry point centerpiece content, match made, non-failable, period. That gives you a much better foundation to build on if you want to do the harder difficulties. I'll use nightfalls to make my point. Think about it. If you want to win people over to the idea of like, hey, there's aspirational nightfalls, look at what they did. It's great spectrum. Matchmaking for adept, matchmaking for heroic, legend. Uh, does le- matchmaking turns off for legend. So as soon as you get to a thousand, matchmaking shuts off. It's it, it, again, like that's just good spectrum. You're creating, you're creating sort of an entry path to say, come in, try it out. Like the fact that you have matchmaking for nightfalls and not for you know tower events is honestly kind of silly if you think about it. Like, like 
even 750, 950, you know, nightfalls to have matchmaking. Aviators. If loot is always available, why buy the seasons? Well, they didn't really specify how that's going to be, Aviators. They didn't... I don't... Listen, Bungie's... Bungie's not stupid. They've run a successful franchise this long. There's no way they're going to be like, oh, you skipped the winter season, but you bought the spring season? Okay, you you have access to everything. I don't think that's how it's going to work. Three months from C-Sharp and the homie Leaf, preferred Leaf with 28 months. Thank you, sir. I can't see them doing that. Now, I could see them giving you a discount. Hey, if you buy spring season, we'll throw in the winter season that you didn't buy for five bucks. You know, we'll give you a discount. I don't think you're going to be able to buy like the summer season for 10 bucks and get the winter and the spring season like for free. The activities will be there. They're not removing them, but they didn't say you would just get access automatically. The idea is they're not removing them. Parasito. Looking beyond the relative difficulty increase, should public events or other activities evolve? Pub event strikes ETC are all front-loaded on the season, and then they never change. They might be able to ease up on this. Here's Here's something we haven't considered. We have always said, with the current seasonal format, they have to put everything in the first month. They can't save a lot for the end. Why? Because it goes away. So if they save a loot pursuit, loot drop, difficulty increase, whatever, if they save it for like the last month of the season, well, that doesn't work because now I can only play it for a month and then it goes away. Allowing the activities and the rewards to stick around for an entire year will give them the freedom to say, oh, hey, by the way, Legend Sundial isn't going to launch until the third month of the season and there'll be some new loot in there. Well, you're not going to feel like you have to clamor to go do it because it's around for an entire year. It'll actually give them, I think, more freedom. I, I, I honestly think that next year we will probably see, hopefully, and that could be one of the reasons that they came to this conclusion. Luke Smith goes to them and says, we need to add better aspirational loot. And they're like, well, okay, but you can't shove an aspirational, you know, activity in week one. You have to give people time to level up for it. You got to stagger it out. Well, if you stagger it out and then put really good loot in it, now you're in a quandary. Now there's only a month and a half left in the season and you're going to really tick people off. So they probably said, okay, well, if we do that, what if the season and the pursuit stuck around and the loot stuck around for an entire year? That's enough time, isn't it? I I think these things are all connected, you know? It's like I'm seeing the Matrix. It's like everything is connected. The idea that they need aspirational pursuits and content and the current seasonal structure really, like, infringes upon their ability to do that. So they say, okay, we're going to let people, we're going to let things stick around for a year. This is related to aspirational loot, aspirational content. This is related to sunsetting. It's all connected. It is all connected. It's all one big plan to give you better spectrum of content and better spectrum of rewards. Sig, uh, Sigmund, Sigmund Slim. Off topic to the tower event. With the frustration in recoveries, are players upset with recoveries placing high-skilled players with lower-skilled players, or does matchmaking handle that fairly quickly? Skill-based matchmaking does not exist in Trials. It should not exist in trials. It wouldn't be good for the mode. Uh, and that's about all I want to say. I don't want to get bogged down in this debate right now. We've talked about recoveries enough. I think that there are two fundamental problems with trials. If solved, would really negate a lot of people's frustrations with recoveries or stacks. Okay. Number one, there is a 
incentive structure problem. That's a big one, by the way. Incentive structure is about token payout, low card farming, win requirement to turn in your tokens, and nothing good at 4, 5, 6, and 7 are flawless. No adept weapons. So, incentive problem is a big one. I think that's the biggest problem with trials, okay? The second really big fundamental problem is cheaters. The bad incentive structure and cheaters murdered the playlist. Low card farming murdered the playlist. Like all these things murdered the playlist and people vacated. So now instead of like, you know, close to half a million players, we have 180,000 playing. We had more people play Gambit in a single day than played Trials all weekend. That's terrible. That's why people are focusing on recoveries because you're running into recoveries more than you would if it was a vibrant and flourishing player base. So, you didn't hear anybody complaining about recoveries the first weekend. Why? Well, there was way more people playing. It was way easier to win. It was way easier to go flawless. So, Saint 14. What do you think about the disconnect from the story to the in-game activities? Such as the Forsaken campaign uh, had had us chase Aldrin, but the raid had very little connection unless you were familiar with the lore. Well, I don't agree with this at all. I thought the raid in around that time was very well connected up to what was going on. You know, Riven Riven was around and was a threat that entire time. That that all felt connected to me. Uh, I, I don't I don't agree I don't agree with this uh, with this summary at all. Um, you didn't have to be familiar with the lore. And then they then they continued to iterate on the story beyond that with cutscenes. Well, you had to do you had to do the offering or whatever if you wanted to get uh, if you wanted to get like the cutscenes with the queen. But yeah, I don't I don't agree with this. I think they did a good job connecting it all. Um, and I also think that they have continued to make the story connections. I think um, really really good. I think the I think honestly the 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 story beats and the connectivity of the story has gotten better every year and they still say they want to make it better. So I don't they're still not satisfied with with the story, the interconnectedness of the story. Yeah, they're still not satisfied with it. Riven controlled Aldrin. That was made so abundantly clear at the end when you fought. I don't know how you missed that. That thing of Riven, like, was controlling him, and then it ate him. Like, what? I don't understand. Did you play through the campaign? Did you skip those scenes? Um, nine months from Flying Mangoes and 32 months from Ed Dillinger. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, Riven was 100% tricking Aldrin. So I... I don't know. I don't know how you missed that one. Declared a uh, legend. Put these things in order from most important to least important. Which of these would you like Bungie to fix first? Antius Ward, Auto Rifle, Error Codes, Cheaters, Loot and Grandmaster Rifles. Okay, this is really, really easy. Error Codes and Cheaters are tied for first. They need addressed immediately. Okay, immediately. Error Codes and Cheaters, you can't unseat those. Those are priority one. Okay, because that automatically hurts the experience of basically, well, everyone, right? Auto rifles, I don't have a huge issue with auto rifles just yet. Let them have a couple more months of dominance and then they maybe need to be tweaked. They might need to be reined in a little bit more on range. I still think they should be good weapons mid-range, but maybe they're just, the spray meta is kind of taking over and Bungie maybe needs to look at how they could rein that in a little bit. Uh, Antius wards, Antius wards need to be adjusted. Um, They have to be arguably one of the dumbest exotics I've ever seen with respect to the power that it gives you. There is a there has been a persistent shotgun choke point fight 
sort of meta that's existed since Destiny 1 and Antius Wards creates rock, paper, scissors like you win because of the exotic you're wearing that's just call that what that is that is dumb you should not win a gunfight because of the exotic you're wearing you should win a gunfight because of your gun skill and your decision making sliding toward a corner and being invincible is like it's corrupting a very consistent and constant form of fighting in the game and you get 14 seconds off of super right the whole thing it's just from the bottom to the top Antius Wards is just stupid it's dumb you, you should not be able you should not be able to make your character invincible, not only that you will kill yourself off someone's Antius Wards pretty consistently like, they're, they are broken they're broken they are worse than One-Eyed Mask ever was, seriously they're worse than One-Eyed Mask ever was they are legit broken they make One-Eyed Mask look like a dream like, One-Eyed Mask, you could manage One-Eyed Mask right now in Trials and in the competitive meta, you 100% could manage One-Eyed Mask, Antius Wards are, are literally the the, the dumbest the, the, I, you watch people use it and you watch what it does to the game and it's just it, <laughs> it's so dumb, consider, again again, consider shotgun sliding choke point fights have been around for five years years you're going into an existing skill set and fight style that's been in the game for five years and you're saying here people will be randomly in, in, uh, invincible it's rock paper scissors it's it's stupid it's so it's so dumb it that it needs addressed it needs addressed if you think I've gone too far in saying it's worse than one-eyed mask or whatever okay fine we could get into an argument about is it worse than one-eyed mask or not but I'm telling you right now it is it is it is so, so broken with respect to a, a fight that constantly happens. Shotgun slide choke point fights are rhythmic. They happen all the time. They are map control. They are map control fight points. Like you can't, you, you can't have, you cannot have something that is that strong for that, for that, for something, for a fight that takes place so often. Uh, Hall C, uh, CT8. To me, it seems the best parts of year three have been the small narrative beats. Tower event aside, any thoughts on how Bungie can build on the narrative in year four? I, th- this this is super sort of generic. I don't like to get into like, oh, I'd love to see them do this with the narrative. Sometimes I'll theorize about what they might be you know, doing with the narrative. I do agree, though, that I think year three, the story beats have been the best parts. With the rumored community event that is to be set around Seraph Towers, do you think that we will see some engagement numbers uh, this, oh, the same engagement numbers we've seen from previous events such as Mars and the Fractaline Farm. I honestly don't know. If you, if you funnel, if you funnel a bunch of inexperienced players or people that haven't really been touching it, and you suddenly funnel them into this event, and they have a couple of fails, I, that'll that'll really really taint the event big time. If there's some community challenge where we all have to go do tower events. My only hope would be that every time you go to do one, there's tons of people and it it becomes really easy if fail rates go down. If you if you if you funnel a bunch of people into the public space and they do this a couple of times and they fail, uh, that's just going to that's just going to turn people off almost immediately. We were literally doing it the one day. It was me, Wheezy, and somebody else. We were on the moon. We had some people in our instance that weren't doing a very good job and we failed 3 out of 4 or 2 out of 4 or something. 
And Wheezy was just like, I'm done, dude. I don't want to do this. And he left. And I generally think that's how people will respond if that's the way that it goes and feels. I just think fail rates have an enormous effect on engagement numbers. Prem. This event goes away, but stuff like Altar of Sorrows is still in the game. Do you think Bungie should make events like this easier and raise the drop rates for weapons and ghost shells? I, this 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 question is all over the place. Um, Altar of Sorrows was a part of an expansion and was not seasonal, so that's why it's still around. So that that that's not that's not like a comparison. They made it clear that like the seasonal stuff, like Vex Offensive, would be coming and going, and then yeah, next year the stuff will last for like an entire. Uh, an entire year. To, to your second question, should events like this be easier and raise the drop rates for weapons and ghost shells? I mean, you know if you were listening to the video that I do think these events should be quite a bit easier, or maybe not easier, just not failable. And then, in, you know, raise drop rates for weapons and ghost shells. That's just like super generic. I don't know what you mean. Do you mean in strikes? Do you mean in the event? Do you mean in general? I do think that weapon pursuit and loot pursuit needs to be looked at, but I don't think it's just as easy as like, oh, just turn the faucet of drop rates up. I'm going to continue to go back to weapon boons. I need to be able to buy a weapon boon to I need to be able to buy a weapon boon from an NPC and then go into their activity and that weapon has a high chance of dropping. That should be in crucible and strikes. That just would be a great great value add for those those sides of the game. It's truds. Given everybody's lack of interest in the tower event now, even after it's been updated, uh, should the heroic mode have been the standard since the start of the season? No, I don't think so. If heroic mode was the standard, that would have been really, really rough, I think. I think you really, really would have pushed people away almost immediately. Uh, anytime, any anytime you create content that's supposed to be the entry point, you, you can't do this. You can't say, um, oh, we're going to make it to where, you know, uh, it's it's hard and it's failable and you gotta have co- like think about the required synergy you need right now to pull it off like you need people working together that's like doesn't really work in a public space it's not like escalation protocol was go here kill everything go here kill everything go here kill everything this is go here and here at the same time defend it not only defend it make sure somebody's throwing the balls or they'll just lay on the ground while you're throwing the balls the enemies are going to you know go to the tower at the same time like you need to have synergy you need to have like job assignments you didn't have to do that in escalation protocol or, or blind well escalation protocol and blind well was go here stand here shoot everything that was it that was it. The only thing in Blind Well is, I mean, there's some mechanics with the boss fights, but the mechanics with the boss fights are quickly understood, and then you just do it. It's not about, like, job assignments and splitting up, and if you don't do it right, then you're going to fail and run out of time. Like, they, it, it requires synergy, speed, and efficiency. That's terrible for a public space event that's not match-made. Um, the man with eight months of subs, thank you. Do you think Bungie may have scared been has been has scared to make this difficult full with champions and yellow bars due to matchmaking issues getting nine mans together or do you think it may be due to the lack of loot incentive to give players or something else? I mean, I think for a public space event, this actually is pretty difficult. It's because it's timed. I don't know. Escalation protocol after they adjusted the power level was way easier. Don't you understand? You can go into this event 
and tons of people can be in the area and they can all be at the power level but if you don't synergize and work together you'll fail the event because you just run out of time you don't run out of time because I'm sorry you don't fail because people aren't strong enough or the bosses are too tanky or you get wiped or something you run out of time it's just like and I know EP was timed but like EP was just more straightforward Think about that. If you have to split up to create efficiency in a timed event and people don't do that, you just lose time automatically. In Escalation Protocol, it was like if you lost time, it was because you probably didn't have enough people or people were just too weak to kill the bosses fast enough. It was very, very different. JD Gamer. 11 months from Woody. Thank you. Hey Lono, two days ago I asked about weapon retirement, but this is a follow-up with the raids like Leviathan being retired in a way next year. Do you believe we get Age of Triumph event? Yeah, I think there's an Age of Triumph event coming where they'll rotate the raids, they'll they'll give a lot of those old weapons some new life and random rolls. Yeah, that I, I definitely think so. The YouTube comments on sunsetting just absolutely put on display what I was talking about. There were two people in particular. One guy called me dense and then ironically completely misunderstood the entire impetus for sunsetting. They invoke the impetus for sunsetting in order to disagree with it. This is how, again, they called me dense and then completely misunderstood the logic of why sunsetting is happening. Like, it's like I said, most of the debates about sunsetting are rooted in ignorance. They don't even understand exactly why it's happening and how it will be implemented. And these, there's two commenters in particular that just put it on full display. It's like, like you don't even understand what you're talking about. And then you have the nerve to call me dense. Like, it was hilarious. The impetus for sunsetting is that we've been getting lots of samey weapons since, honestly, since Destiny 1. Most of the primaries in the game generally fall into a very predict- predictable like lane of efficiency and perk pools. And any weapon that leaves that lane gets nerfed. The Recluse would be the perfect example of this. All primary weapons in Destiny 2 have virtually been the same. If you get all of my 16 god roll hand cannons, they are all virtually interchangeable and synonymous with respect to efficiency and ad clearing. That's what a primary weapon is for. And people will use that as an argument against sunsetting. Well, they're going to sunset our weapons and just give us more weapons like the ones we already have. Okay, let me press pause and say two things. They're already doing that. They're already giving you weapons that are exactly like the weapons you have now, and you're okay with that? What? And two, that's why they want to sunset. Because they have to keep the weapons very samey. Because they are viable for forever. The impetus for sunsetting is that we keep getting samey weapons and they don't want to do that anymore so you can't use the impetus for sunsetting as an argument against it it's illogical and dumb that's why it's like you're calling me dense and you don't even understand the actual logical progression of the argument here Luke Smith is like the weapons have been pretty boring we have to account for something being viable for forever so the weapons don't really have anything special about them and when they do and they do break outside the bell curve of everything feeling samey like the recluse we have to nerf it so in the current system that everyone defends and I'm dense and they all oh, yeah he just doesn't get it in the current system that you're defending we get a bunch of samey weapons and anytime anything is pretty good it gets nerfed you're defending a broken system it's broken it doesn't work just make the weapons better forehead like oh and but i'm dense like oh 
It kills me. It absolutely kills me. You'd rather exist in the current system where even exotics, even exotics, here's a great exotic, nerf. Don't you dare sunset my exotics. I prefer exotics to be really strong for a while, and then they get nerfed, and I don't use it anymore. Like, that's such a great system. Yeah, you're right, dude. Woo, yeah. Nerf the Touch of Malice. Nerf the Sleeper. Nerf Izanagi's. Yeah, you're right. This is such a superior system, dude. Sunsetting is so bad. Freaking pull my hair out. Mad Hatter gifting a sub to Leap Potato Aim. 11 months. Oh, I already think that one absolutely kills me people are defending a broken broken flat tire system of hey something's good nerf hey something's good nerf this system sucks the system we're in now sucks yeah and you can still use them like i said in the video i would rather have my sleeper at its at its peak when it was awesome and have it be usable everywhere but like raids and dungeons i would rather have that than a nerf sleeper sitting in my vault I would much rather have them, if they were a sunset sleeper and left it alone, I could still use it. Right now, I could go use it in Reckoning. Heavyweight Solar. Dude, let's go. This will be fun. Strikes when it's solar. Oh, this will be fun. Let's go do this. But instead, sleeper sits in the dadgum vault. Like, in this situation, you would much rather them, I guess, just nerf anything that's awesome as you wait and pine for the next meta weapon to drop in your hands. And then everybody goes into the content using the same dadgum exotic, Izanagi's Burden, and then it gets nerfed. Anything that breaks outside the bell curve of boring gets nerfed because it becomes the only thing worth using because it's existing in a bell curve of boring. Sunsetting will enable them to create far better weapons in their classification and leave them alone. And you can use them for forever. They just eventually aren't infusible. You ask for nerfs. Look at the shotgun of the recluse. Both were amazing and both were nerfed. Yes, because in this existing system that we're in right now with boring samey weapons, when weapons like that emerge, the entire game gets, it doubles down on boredom. It's the same weapons everywhere. Just run recluse. Just run Ikelos. Ikelos had the strength of an exotic heavy weapon. It needed to be nerfed. Recluse was just unbelievably strong. It was completely outside the bell curve. Of course I argued for them to be nerfed, because in the current system that's all anybody uses. There's, It's not like there was the recluse, and then a hand cannon, then an auto rifle, and then a pulse rifle that were all kind of equally on equal footing. Like, yeah, you know, for the next nine or ten months, these will, these will probably be the best in class primaries. No, there was one primary worth using in most of the content. Ikelos shotgun was an exotic heavy weapon that used green ammo and it was a legendary. It was broken. It was literally the only weapon you saw in any speed runs and any raid runs. It just decimated bosses. It was broken. That's the point. In this system, that's the only option. Is like one thing rises and it's like, well, everybody's just going to use this. And what does that do? It casts this giant spotlight on how boring everything else is. Recluse is like this giant spotlight. It's like, see how boring and and samey and not so great all these legendary weapons are? Yeah, they're just... They're just boring. They're gray, you know? So it has to be brought down. In the new system, if a handful of legendary weapons emerge like that, you don't have to say anything. It's like, no, they're fine. Oh, but they're... It's all anybody uses in PvE. So what? They're best-in-class weapons. That's 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 what they're supposed to do. 
and then in nine months, twelve months, they get sunset, and then new weapons get to come in and become dominant and fresh and awesome, and they add new perks, they add new cool things that are strong, and then we and then we pivot to those. So you're always kind of shuffling forward, trying out new weapons, trying out new builds instead of running Midnight Coup and Ikelos shotgun for three years like some basic, you know what, like <laughs> two months from Loco Coco Pops. Thank you. Uh, Aerox, do you think that there's a way where people who aren't really skilled in Crucible can enjoy Trials, maybe even get an attempt at the Lighthouse? if, If you're not good at Trials, just the Lighthouse isn't there for you. The Lighthouse is there for the best of the best. But what's there for you is passages that give you mercy or more tokens, a token earn rate that never shuts off, and then when they remove the win requirement, just like get that bounty completed, there you go. You don't have to be a god to your player. You can play all weekend, try to learn and improve, and you can get loot. The answer for people that play more casually is accessible. Like, you don't need a 2 by 4 to the face in games 1, 2, and 3. You just kind of want to go in and have some fun. Now, I don't think that games 1, 2, and 3 should be against players that are literally, like, thumbless. But, like, Trials... If Trials is supposed to work, it should be a funnel with a really sharp point at the bottom. A really sharp point. A funnel with this broad open top, right? And then, like, the, like think of a chalice. This huge rim. Anybody can come in and play, get your tokens, get your bounties, cool. But then that, that, that funnel gets very sharp at the bottom. After you get past game four and five, it should get really tough. That's how it's designed. It, 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 it's like in a raid you could go on a raid with you and your PVE buddies and maybe you're not that good and you might beat the opening encounter and boss fight number one but as you progress through the raid it's going to get harder and harder and harder it's the same idea you can't argue that like the opening encounter in like Scourge of the Past is significantly easier than a challenge mode Axis fight a hard mode axis challenge mode fight is way harder than the opening encounter. Well, no one would ever come to a raid and be like, yeah, but I'm not very good, so I think I think the raid should be, every encounter should be as easy as the opener. Well, nobody would say that. They probably would look at you and be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would they do that to a raid? Raids get procedurally difficult. Trials does the same thing. The real challenge with Trials is getting that funnel to just open up really, really wide and be like, hey, come in and play. Just come in and play. And get some Trials loot. Yeah, the armor's cool. There's some cool guns you can get. And then you don't trivialize the rewards if there's adept, awesome, god-tier stuff in Flawless. The system works. There's a harmony there. Yeah, what's good, 30? Remy, do you think it's possible that the increase in cheaters is correlated to the increase in error codes given Destiny's peer-to-peer. No, because January is when the increase in cheating started. That was before error codes became a significant problem. That was before Trials was in the game. <clears throat> Ashen Hollow. If they took out the ball-throwing mechanic, would that make it better? Just make sure no enemies are standing on the plate and the tower fully charges. Well, I mean, sure. You're basically saying if they remove a pain point, would it become easier? Well, yeah. (laughs) Of course it would become easier. You know, if you didn't have to shoot the servitors with the right cannons in the Axis fight, would it become easier? Well, of course it would. That's a mechanical pain point that requires some precision and aim and awareness. So yeah, if you removed ball throwing, it would literally be stand here and kill stuff, stand here and kill stuff, stand here and kill stuff. Which, you know, is generally how Destiny kind of (laughs) goes. Destiny 3. Stand here and kill more stuff. Like, that's 
that's Destiny. <laughs> that's most PvE games, by the way. That's not like a slam on Destiny. Most PvE games are go in here or stand here and kill stuff. Like, whether you play Diablo, Borderlands, or Division. That's that's what you do. <laughs> like, go to this point, sit here for a minute, and kill everything. Go forward a little bit more. Sit here for a minute and kill everything. Like, that's just basic PvE content. So, I, yes, if they remove the ball throwing, yeah, it would. But I don't know if that's what you want to do to the event. I don't think... I'm never arguing for, like, diluting and watering down the content. Make it match-made and non-failable. Why does it have to be timed? Who gives a frick? Like, what? If you show up late or you show up and somebody's halfway through, no problem. Yeah, they're at 50%. Sweet, let's go. Let's go help these guys. Get the timer the frick out of here. What are you doing? Why does it have to be timed? What? Now, if it's timed like in Menagerie or Sundial, it's okay because you literally can't fail. But in this in this regard, it's like, why did you even put a timer on it? The timer's out of place. You have timers in Menagerie and Sundial, and those are unfailable. You put a timer in this event, and it's failable. Oh, and they remove matchmaking. Like what? What? It's like you got hit. You're getting hit from all sides here. I spawned it onto a completed Forge event for the second time. Yeah, that's always that's like a bank error in your favor in Monopoly. McCheshire, given the failures of Escalation Protocol, can you see any justification upon why Bungie attempted to force this public event activity again? Well, I said, I don't think I said this in the Q&A, I think I said this in the in-between, in our little interlude. I I really feel like this was created, I feel like this was created a while ago, and it got shelved, and they pulled it out specifically for this, uh, it's like, it, it was almost, I don't know, something about this event feels out of place it's all it feels like it's it's like a ripple from warmind like this belonged in warmind dlc or something it was almost like they pulled this off the shelf there was some yeah let's not use that right now oh it's not really done it's just like escalation protocol it, it's just like it you go into the public space you hold down a button the event activates it's to- there's towers popping up in different locations and then a boss shows up like it's it's just like escalation protocol to, in some respects you don't think it's a little weird <laughs> track with me on this one <laughs> to add more to my theory here that this is old content you don't think it's a little weird that the seraph tower event the easiest part is when the bosses show up and they're champions there's like there's no champions the entire time, okay? The whole event's going and crescendoing and majors and then yellows come out. So there's majors and there's mini bosses. And then when the when the boss section happens, it's it's champions that get destroyed. They die faster than the mini boss yellow the mini boss yellow bar guys that show up live longer than the bosses. The bosses feel like ham-fisted. Well, we better throw champions in there. <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. I don't think the champions were originally the intended boss summon. It was probably supposed to be similar to Escalation Protocol and those bosses are gone now. And so they're like, well, put in some champions and the champions don't even feel right. They feel out of place. They don't feel like a crescendo and they die faster than everything else. It's like, yo, this is getting tough. This is getting tough. What the frick is this? Like, what? What is that? It's, I'm telling you, this feels like a shelled piece of content that was meant to be in Warmind and it, it got thrown in now. It doesn't have matchmaking. It's failable. It's like it's like Escalation Protocol Light, and then the boss phase feels way out of place. 
It makes so much sense that this was shelf content. It's blowing my mind. I'm telling you, the more I tease at it and think about it, the more it makes sense that this just was this was this was thrown in. <laughs> this is this is old. This is old content, and they didn't have time to go back and rebuild it. They're like, no, we build it the same way we did EP. It's built off of the instancing infrastructure, and there's no matchmaking. How the frick does this exist and forges exist? How? How do you do this? Forges I can matchmake into. How does this even happen? This right now is got underneath of it escalation protocol all over it. It it doesn't it it's old. It feels old. It truly does. It doesn't feel like it. It, it doesn't feel like it was developed. At, it, this was developed before the forges were developed. That's what it feels like. If shelved, should it have been used in Warmind? Follow up. Would Warmind have been better? It might not have been ready. It might not have been ready. Who knows? Because they had to put it on all the planets. Think about it. Think about it. Escalation Protocol, when it launched, had problems. They increased the power level because streamers were like, it's too easy. And then the streamers that said it was too easy had to beat it by cheesing it from a bridge. Like, <laughs> it was... And so they had to lower the power level. And then everybody complained about a lack of matchmaking. Like, I, it didn't land... Escalation Protocol didn't land particularly well. So they probably didn't have time to, like, throw it on all the planets because it just didn't seem... Maybe it wasn't ready. And Season 3 was a uh, season of throwing the ball... Oh, that was in, uh, no, Season of Throwing the Ball. Oh, you're right. Was that, yeah, Warmind, because that was, uh, that was Spire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Spire, you were throwing balls. Eh, see? I don't know, chat. The more we think about it, the more this feels like this is shelved content from year one, is what it feels like. And what better place to throw it than this it's the slowest time of the year kind of weak weak time of the seasons they did the same thing with drifter it was like if we're going to gamble let's gamble during the slowest time of the year the overriding feedback from ep was matchmaking 100 and they and they and they said they heard us on that they said they heard us on that siogre with two months thank you seraph towers are the best i don't know what you guys are talking about lol <laughs> shut up lts harry do you think Bungie increased the difficulty of the public event expecting an influx of players farming destination medals and bounties for GG? I have no idea, dude. I really don't. I don't know if that was their plan. If you want my honest opinion, KY Bo with 12 months, that's a red badge. Thank you. If you want my honest opinion, I think they snuck this in during this week because they know it's bad. You have a season that's thinned out. Why would you not do this on a week where nothing else was going on? Why? Why would you not do that? There was a week right before Guardian Games where nothing was going on. Why would you not launch this? Be like, hey, there was a little thing that, that said something. There was like an announcement. The week this happened, there was like an announcement that you could read. The towers are changing on the planets. They didn't do this by itself. Why? because people would have been way more focused on it this one like slipped under everybody's radar people like wait they updated the event what are you talking about because they did it during guardian games and where ah where does guardian games take you destinations and maybe that could be them trying to get you to go to this forges gambit crucible strikes most of the medals take you away from this event so they launched the event during the week of guardian games where most people are going to be focused on going into forges gambit crucible strikes 
they snuck it in because they know it's bad. <laughs> they snuck it in. They're like, oh, this is going to go over like a lead balloon. Let's just slip this in and see if anybody notices because <laughs> it's, it's rough. And if you try to get the triumph that comes with it, it's even more frustrating. Johnny Cat King. Do you think the updated event should have been a separate mode like Heroic Sundial instead of a replacement? Oh, like with, with some matchmaking? Well, I mean, you can't do that without matchmaking. Big Smooth with a brand new Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge emotes and ad-free viewing. Thanks for using your Prime sub here in Soccer Fool with seven, mo- uh, seven months. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is basically just like we needed matchmaking and they could have done something like this. By the way, if you're new to the stream, we're, we've been having a lot more viewers lately and thank you for that. If you're new and you haven't clicked follow yet, following the channel is a free way to support what I do. I stream Monday through Friday. It's a very interactive podcast kind of radio style. It's also family friendly. You don't have to worry about like what I'm going to say. Today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to get like a phone call from AT&T and like have to go to my new house because they're installing it today. I'm really unhappy about that. I had a great install date that wasn't going to interfere with the stream and it got canceled by a really awesome and professional sales rep. Anyway, so we will be just kind of randomly stopping. I keep checking the tech because they're supposed to be there in eight minutes according to the thing. I think it's going to update at noon and they're probably not going to be there on time. Um, which is fine. My wife is there right now waiting, but when, when they when they get there and get the call, I have to head over because I want to I oversee what they're doing and then test it. Because um, the Spectrum tech lied to me and he probably lied to my wife and she would have been like, I don't know if you're telling the truth or not. I actually told the Spectrum like rep to his face. I'm like, what you're saying is not true. Like, <laughs> this is BS, dude. Uh, anyway, people say the exotic shouldn't be tied to triumphs, but the quest instead. I think triumphs work better because I can pick the objectives to complete. Which would you think is the best approach? Anytime these questions come up, I say the same thing. There is a spectrum of exotic delivery. Sometimes you get it just off of the season pass. Sometimes you get it like Devil's Ruin. Sometimes it's like the Bastion. Sometimes it's like the Whisper in the Outbreak. I don't think there is a best delivery of exotics. I think they're all fine, and they're all different approaches. Sometimes it's a triumph. Sometimes it's a quest. Two months from Wicked Loud Dude. Thank you very, very much, man. Um, stay. Uh, thanks for staying here for the stream, and congrats on the new house. I've been away for some time. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, L Luck. And then B, being able just gifted five subs, guys, check the chat to see if you got one of the gifted ones. Do you think that making the event non-failable and a little easier is enough? Also, maybe Bungie make the non-match made to contribute to the feeling of a living world. Well, here's the thing. I have been playing Valorant, and sometimes I get really, really stubborn in Valorant, and I keep doing the same dumb thing that I know that I shouldn't do, Okay. That's what this feels like, okay? This feels like a stubborn player that just keeps running to the same lane and the same choke point and they keep dying in the same way. That's what this feels like. To be frank, I don't give a frick if that's what Bungie wants. I don't. I don't give a frick if that's what they want. Well, we want to give this living world experience so you just walk into this open space and everybody's doing anything. Oh, really? Because... I don't know. I think it was in Warmind during the first year of this game. We, as a resounding, almost unanimous community said, we hate something like this. Like, I don't care what you want. You're trying to do something that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like when you keep running down the same hallway in a PvP environment and you keep dying to the same thing. 
take your lumps, take the lesson, do something different, right? I scolded myself yesterday. I said, I'm being stubborn. I got frustrated and now I'm playing aggressive going for kills. I slowed down. I sat on points and I got like two or three kills the very next game. Six gifted subs from DMAC. Thank you. Check the chat, guys. So is it, would it be, would it be uh, making it non-failable and a little easier? Is that enough? I think making it non-failable would be a great place to start. Silent just gifted six subs. Why are you guys all gifting six? What's going on? Is this like a joke? Oh, you guys were trying to get us to 3,000 subs. Thank you. Now we're above 3,000 subs. I was like, six? What's happening? We needed six more for 3,000. You guys are ridiculous. Thank you. Um, I don't do daily sub goals or sub goals. You guys are awesome and have been so generous over the years. I've never had to do sub trains or subathons or any of that. Thank you very much uh, for supporting the stream like that. So... And I, listen, I can tell that they try to do an instancing, an intentional instancing thing. LTS Harry with five gifted subs, thank you. They try to get people in the instance with you. Like when you activate it, you can tell they like try to shove people in the instance. But I very rarely find an instance that's like midway that's even that's even a, a, a chance of getting completed. I'm like, oh wow, they have a minute left and they're at 30%, you know? Um, so it's one of those things where I... I I get what they're trying to do. Five gifted subs from Jazzy. Guys, just keep checking the chat. Yixels just gifted six subs. Um, You guys are ridiculous. (laughs) I get what they're trying to do, but as I said, in the most frankest of ways of saying it, I don't give a frick what they want. The community has rejected this notion of, oh, let's just throw something in the public space and hope people can complete it. The most praised content had matchmaking and non-failable. I believe those are the core tenets of what this kind of content should be. If you want to do something in the public space, then you got to figure out either a way to make it match made or make it lighthearted enough that it's not really failable and anybody can kind of get it done. This is not this is not a dungeon. It's a public space event, okay? It it should be in those it should be in those parameters. 11 months from Chulu and then 10 subs from Dratst and 200 bits from Galaxy. Guys, if you are in the chat right now, so many gifted subs, please check the chat. Dratst just gifted 10 subs. You guys are ridiculous. WD Prescott and five subs from Am Bowser. Guys, what the frick? Stop. <laughs> Am Bow- uh, WD Prescott says, if a change had to happen to the towers because of the sending the satellites, what changes would have been better if you wanted to keep the public instead of match made? Or is the base design already not working for public space play? It Zach with 36 months, that is a three-year badge. Thanks for sticking with me for three years. And then King Spacely, Twitch Twitch staff getting involved here. Thanks for five subs, Spacely. Um I don't I just don't think public space works for this. It doesn't. It requires synergy. Okay? So let's imagine that there was no timer. It would still be frustrating because it's in the public space. I have to synergize and protect two plates and three plates at the same time with a bunch of randos. I don't want to do that. Guido with 100 bits. uh, Two months from the Mad Hatter. Melodic Gamer gifting five subs. Toxic Mammoth gifting five subs. And Foxtrot gifting a sub. Guys, you're ridiculous. You're going crazy. We're trying to do Q&A. And when we can't do it, Robot Dudes with five gifted subs. This is insane. We, we can we can all we can all settle down and stop now please and uh, five gifted subs from uh, test 
and a gifted sub from Brob. If you're listening to the audio version of this later or watching on YouTube, I apologize. My chat is being very rebellious right now. Uh, Smurf Blue with five gifted subs. A gifted sub from DeWitt. Uh, Masked Thor with five gifted subs. Okay. All right. Cool. We with this the, the the hype train hit level four. You can all uh, you can all stop now. Stop being a rebellious and generous chat. Rebellious and generous come together on Twitch so often. <laughs> uh, Critterbot with the next question. Is the event difficulty overtuned even in a matchmaking context? It seems built for nine people, not a fire team of six. This is where they could have done a hybrid, right? They could have done a hybrid. Matchmake for six, and then randos can be in the area. So if you're just walking through the area, you might suddenly see six people appear. That might be kind of cool, right? And then you join in. I think six could manage it fairly well. I, I I really do. I don't think it's that bad. Now for the triumph, I hear where you're coming from. I really do. Dad gummit, you guys. Two hundred bits from Galaxy. Sorry, Doctor Ta- uh, Taco with a gifted sub. Parasito with five gifted subs. Small King with a gifted sub. And Hendrix Live with five gifted subs. Guys, continue to check chat. You get forty-five emotes and ad-free viewing from these gifted subs. Um, Unstable C4 with uh, five gifted subs. What a name. <laughs> Hendrix Live with a brand new sub. Thank you again. You guys get ad-free viewing and forty-five emotes. Uh, Kyrian with the next question. Do you think that there is an alternative to matchmaking? Likewise, do you think that there is matchmaking for these core activities? Uh, will it pull folks away from public spaces? Uh, Matt gives us some of the Red Viper. 200 bits from Wicked Loud Dude. Shaken uh, with 100 bits. 500 bits from Guido Shot First. A gifted sub to the Jonathan from Nolan Saints. Yoshi uh, Bro Chill with a gifted sub. A new sub from North Winds. And then 10 gifted subs from Snowy Wolf. Oh my gosh, Snowy Wolf with 10 gifted subs. Thank you very, very much. And then a gifted sub from uh, Medicant Bias. Dude, this is totally disrupting Q&A. Like, this Q&A is so bad right now. <laughs> this is the worst Q&A ever. Um... Pulling people away from public spaces is not that big of a deal because most of the community lives there anyway, right? Sundial, oh, it pulled people away from the public space. Who cares? If it's good content with good loot, I don't care about that. That's okay if that happens from time to time. 26 months for feed. DMAT gifted us up the feed. Thank you for taking care of our boy feed. Parasito with the next question. Uh, Gunshy with a brand new sub. Enjoy your dope badge emotes and ad free viewing your dope and deserve dope stuff. Parasito says, You mentioned our love of menagerie when it came out. Are we viewing things through rose colored glasses? Is Bungie chasing ghosts by trying to achieve similar integrity considering the evolution of the game since then? No, because we're not looking back and saying that. During the entire season of opulence, people loved menagerie. Now they got salty about the glitch getting patched, but still, even at the end of the season, people liked menagerie because the community challenge increased the drop rates. So again, I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't feel like, that doesn't feel like rose colored glasses to me. That feels like this is great content and we liked it. I don't remember anybody saying like during or after menagerie. Yeah. You know, I think we really had rose colored glasses during that. During the season, we were praising it at the end of the season. We were praising it. A lot of times we praise stuff initially, and then as time goes on and wears on, we don't like it as much. Oh man, Ada Bounties are great, and then near the end of the season, people are like, I'm sick of Ada Bounties, I'm sick of having to go back to the tower. Even at the end of the season, people were loving Menagerie. Uh, Renshaw with a gifted sub from Johnny Bifu, thank you. Uh, Fuzzy Epic Muffin. Do you think Bungie could still pull back the difficulty of the towers, or in typical Bungie fashion, is it only going to get more difficult to accomplish as we approach the end of the season? I don't know. I really, really don't. If they, if they're gonna, if they're gonna try and funnel people to the event with some community thing, then I could see, I could see that maybe helping, just because a lot more people would be there. But as it stands right now, I, I don't think you can just throw more people at it. It'll help, but there's also a risk if a bunch of people come in for some community challenge, 
and they have a bunch of fails because it's failable. I mean, it's easy to fail sometimes. You get the right people in the area. I think a lot of people could be turned off even more. Brand new stuff from Squishy Fish. Thank you so much, Squishy Fish, uh, for the brand new one. So we'll see. I, I don't think they're going to do anything to it. I don't think they have time. I think they're focusing on so many other things right now. Kakita. Do you think players not obtaining the season title is an indicator that Bungie is about uh, to Bungie about the quality of this season? I don't think they need the season title acquisition rates to know that this season isn't very good. True Sage with 11 months. Thank you. Almost a red badge. They don't need to look at that. They know what we think. Remy. Do you feel a lot of frustration from the tower update is also due to the fact that it's basically throwing all players into a heroic event without a choice to activate it? Well, sure, and we're traditionally pretty bad at, you know, heroic public events. April Rain with a brand new Prime. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad-free viewing. If you are a sub and got gifted a sub, you will never see an ad when you're here. Whether you leave, come back, refresh, any of those things. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Jim R. Do you feel that they thought it would be just fine without matchmaking, or they can dissent, have the time nor bandwidth to make it matchmaking? I think we already put a pin in this one. It feels like old content. It feels like it should have been in Warmind. It's built the same way they did Warmind. Everybody got the choo-choo hype pizza emote. (laughs) You guys unlocked a bunch of emotes. That's cool. Uh, Gandalf. In MMOs, there are events in public space with level requirements that are failable and occur with randoms. They are optional to join. Could that be a good mix of blending the open world events with elevated content versus just making it non-failable? But listen to what you're saying, okay? A public space with a level requirement that's failable. That's not what this is meant to be, though, Gandalf. This is meant to be the core entry point centerpiece content. Do you want failable tough stuff with the level requirement? Legend, uh, legend lost sectors, legendary lost sectors. You have to be a thousand. That's a that's a requirement, and it's tough. Grandmaster Nightfalls. You got to be a thousand something to go in. Like you're gonna get your butt kicked if you're not up in the up in the upper echelons. They gave you what you're asking for. That's not what this content is meant to be. You can't fail a legendary lost sector, though? Okay, true. I, I'm not trying to say you can fail those things, but hear me out. They created content with level requirements. This is not meant to be that. Vex Offensive, Sundial, and the Sarah Public Tower events are meant to be your entry point, centerpiece, core activity. It's meant to be enjoyed by everybody who bought the content. It's not, as you say, it's not optional to join. This is literally the centerpiece. You gotta do it. It's part of the content. Like, Sundial. Like, it. I'm, if I'm gonna pay $10 for a season, they're gonna be like, yeah, here's the new core activity. It, do, it shouldn't be, like, optional, like, power-gated really tough. That doesn't make any sense to me. You are Aspirational content is not entry point content. There is a categorical difference between them. There's entry point content and aspirational content. And if you can't see the difference between those, that's part of the problem here. You don't have to do it. Right. Okay. Then don't play the content. Do you see what you just said though? Well, you don't have to do it. Welcome to the new season. Yeah. This stuff's tough. Yeah. Failable. Yeah. It's really, really hard. It's basically aspirational content ham fisted into the public space. Yeah. Have fun with that. Yeah. Well, you don't have to do it. Well, then what are they going to do? Run bounties in a lost sector for the for the bunkers? Because the legendary lost sectors you gotta grind and level for, they're a thousand. It you 
spectrum of content is so important here. It, it's it. Uh, this is this is so basic. I'm I'm done. I, I'm 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 not going to defend my position anymore. This is so basic. <laughs> Entry point content spectrum of content is basic and well established after the last five or six years. This content's not defendable. It's indefensible. It's bad and. This is they they knew it, they knew we wouldn't like it based off of what we said about escalation protocol and even blind well without matchmaking. I'm just saying they could have uh, that romantic public event high and content if there are level requirements that are in the public space so under levels can see and, and aspire to join in. I'm not saying they can't do that. I'm saying right now this event is meant to be the entry point. Now, they could have done that with matchmaking and made it awesome, non-failable, sort of easy, and then they could have what you're saying come later. Hey, now that you've kind of taken your, you know, taken a swing at this, why don't you try the, I don't even what you would call it, the, the in the wild rogue version. So it's harder and you're dependent upon people being there and it's more challenging and then the rewards are cooler. Like, that's called Spectrum. That is a spectrum of difficulty. And that's the way even the nightfalls are set up that way. The two lowest difficulties on nightfall are match made. And as you go up in that difficulty spectrum, they add way more difficulty. They add way more modifiers and they take matchmaking away. I, you know what I mean? You need to watch Final Fantasy 14 fate structure. They have many raid bosses in level required areas. Well, I mean, destiny is still destiny though. There's still going to be that like public event patrols, lost sectors, then strikes, then nightfalls, then Grandmaster Nightfalls, then you're going to have raids and dungeons. Like They're going to work within their own spectrum. They're not going to suddenly shove a raid boss in the public space, I, I wouldn't think. Uh, Peretta. Even though there are weapon bounties from the bunkers, should a seasonal activity like this have targeted farming? Wasn't that part of the success of Menagerie and Sundial? Oh, you're saying should it have it? Yeah, I didn't even talk about that. I didn't even talk about that. That's another value point they just took away. Both Menagerie and Sundial let you target farm. Vex Offensive was stupidly generous. I mean, stupidly generous. So, this also fails that metric test. It just fails that metric test. It's like, we went from a super generous Vex Offensive to a really intentional Sundial to a, yeah, you just kind of get random stuff. One item at the end. Have fun! Flying Mangoes. Do you think that they built the event around the assumption that it would be played with heavy frames, Valkyries, and Warmind Cell builds? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but again, I just, I, I, I'm going to continue to bang on the drum of if it is a centerpiece core activity, it needs matchmaking and shouldn't be failable. Know your audience. You have to know your audience. You're trying to ham fist builds and perks and grinding up to level up to get all that stuff and synergy and team composition. You're trying to ham fist that into the public space and it just doesn't, that's that, know your audience, you know, I, I, <laughs> You gotta matchmake for that. If you want to matchmake and have it be that way, sure, go ahead. Have a heroic version. Have harder versions. Have versions that require synergy and Warmind Cells and Valkyries and Heavy Frames. Go for it. But you, you can't have that happening randomly in the public space. You've not done any groundwork for that. You haven't. It, Destiny hasn't done any, any groundwork for that. And Escalation Protocol proves it. They had to lower the power level because streamers were <gasps> gasp wrong when they asked for content to be harder or more grindy or more challenging. How many streamers have had to basically 
backtrack on so much of what they argued for. Escalation protocol should be harder. Infusion should be costly and meaningful. Leveling should be slow. Wrong, 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 wrong. Know your audience. Those things have all failed for a particular reason. You can't ham-fist that kind of stuff into this game. It hasn't worked. Now, if you want to take good ideas like daily targeted farms from Division, okay, that's an idea and a principle that can be brought in. That's not like a a quality requirement or a grind requirement be getting ham-fisted into a game that up to now has never asked its players to do stuff like that. And then when you and then when you listen to that sentimentality, look at what has happened. They ruined leveling for year two, infusion was awful, and they had to backtrack how hard the first forge was and how hard escalation protocol was. How many times do you have to be wrong about trying to ham-fist really difficult, really grindy, really challenging stuff into Destiny? How many times are you going to do that before you realize we can't shove this round peg in this square hole? Just quit it. If you want aspirational content, then make it. Grandmaster Nightfalls, Dungeons, Raids, Trials of Osiris. Stop trying to ham-fist this crap into the entry point. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, welcome to the gym. Yeah, you're a new member. Yeah, right here we have real entry-level courses for you. You can jog, get your cardio up. Yeah, we got smaller dumbbells. You're like, yeah, welcome to the gym. Yeah, gym membership. <laughs> here you go. Catch them, sucker. And you throw like 45-pound dumbbells at them. Like, what? Oh, they're like, I don't want to do this. That's what it feels like. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Welcome. Welcome to the gym. Where we're not gonna we're not gonna build your endurance and strength up to the 45 dumbbells, you know we're just gonna throw them at you. Why didn't you catch them? Wait, why are you leaving? Why aren't you staying? That's what it feels like. Welcome to the Black Armory. Yeah, <laughs> you're too weak. Wham! You smack them in the face. Get out of here. Come back when you're strong enough. What is this? What did I pay for? Welcome to Escalation Protocol. Wham! Smack in the face. Yeah, you're not strong enough. (laughs) Come back when you're a streamer who plays eight hours a day. (laughs) Like, what is this? Welcome to the public event. Yeah, it's really hard. You're going to need a fire team. It's 980. You're 950. (laughs) Go level up. Level RNG is going to screw you. That's going to be amazing, isn't it? Yeah, come back in two or three weeks. It's dumb. It hasn't worked. Stop trying to make it work. You can create aspirational content. Legendary Lost Sectors are at a thousand. Grand Masters are a thousand fifty. Trials of Osiris is is well tough for its own reasons, but it's tough if it's built right. Raids, dungeons, you have all this aspirational content. The bottom rung should just be fun. We're just we're just lightly jogging on the treadmill. We're lifting the teeny weights. Like, ah, this is nice. Yeah, those meatheads over there. Holy moly. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to go into grandmasters. <laughs> I don't want to go into raids. I love. I love. I love this space right here. <laughs> know your audience. Know your audience. Aaron Kill. Even if the Seraph Towers were created and shelled in Activision's days, could Bungie have at least made it more rewarding? Yeah, we already addressed the rewards, yeah. We did. We, we addressed the rewards. Like, the idea that they, you know, they, they took away so many value points, right? They took away a lot of value points. Um, that guy that has to be unbanned back in... Yeah, don't unban him. 
Uh, that forget that guy. This guy's just a troll. Uh, yeah, that that we've already addressed the uh, the reward structure being pretty bad. The featured bunker rotates back to the EDZ next week. Do you think it's possible the event will start up again? Um, oh, with the event update again. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean that could also coincide with you know skybox changes that people have been anticipating. You know, um, you know they they could they could definitely they could definitely you know say hey you know we're, you're back on the EDZ and the skybox could change because of the because um, of the uh, the Almighty. Sorry, uh, my, my, my brain left. Um, they change this public event overnight and seem to expect everyone to be like this is amazing. But you still have people that think that they that the hero- the taken public event heroic you have to sh- shoot the orbs in the form of yeah people listen Bungie has every 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 single piece of data that they need to know that this was a bad approach to an event this was a bad approach to an event Avin J in his latest article Paul Tassi is convinced there will not be a D3 given Luke Smith's latest tweet strongly hinting the pyramid ships major story beat is coming this fall do you agree I think Paul is jumping to a conclusion that I I don't agree with. I do think that, as I said yesterday in my Q&A, I said I just have this hunch and this gut feeling that this year was like a get-us-by year and they're building something absolutely massive and crazy starting in September. Luke's tweet was like, kind of, I think kind of a a, a nice little cherry on top of my gut instinct. It was like, this man doesn't tweet that often. And for him to quote, wow, and say, you aren't prepared for what's coming. I'm like, he's got to feel pretty dadgum confident about whatever they're building. Right. I, I, but okay. I still don't think that means there's no D three just because they're investing in probably a significant DLC expansion or a really, really good year four. I don't think any of that means there's no D3. I, I just, I really don't think so. Um, haven't they already confirmed D3 was being worked on, though? They've really talked around it. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think the timeline allows for us to stay here for forever. I just really don't think so. I find it incredibly hard to believe that they would buy the IP from Activision, go off on their own, and say, yes, we're going to spend the next five years in this engine in this game. I I don't understand. How is that? That cannot be their plan. That cannot be their plan. I, it, it makes zero sense. Unless they literally thought there's no way we can deliver any of the stuff we had planned. Like they had so many things planned for D2 that were literally impossible unless they broke from Activision. They made so many, they took so many risks and really, really took a big leap. And you think they took that leap to build in D2 for forever. I simply don't think so. I, there are too many signs that point to this game not staying here for forever. There's so many signs that point to that. There's too many signs. There's, I, I just, I do not believe they would go through all those risks and those pains and those and those challenges and those scary, those scary months in this scary year to be like, oh no, yeah, we did all this to comp- keep building in the Tiger Engine. Like, I don't, no, I don't think so. We can all theorize all we want. No one knows, but I. <laughs> I think the biggest reason they left Activision is Activision wanted to force them to build D3 in the same engine they're using now, and they knew well enough that the same would fail and die if they did that. 
I, I think Sweat's onto it. I, I think that they wanted to actually get a D3 off the ground in the way that they wanted to do it. I think D3 happens in like 2023 at this point. 2022, 2023. That's what I think. And I think somebody's already building it. I think... Th- I, my theory is that they partner with Microsoft and I think Microsoft's building the dev tools the, and, the, and the world and the engine right now in the engine that Halo is built in. That's what I think. I think they hired a small portion of Microsoft devs to do that. That's what I think's happening. I think they're going to partner with Microsoft for Destiny 3. And they're going to have a development partner the way they had with VV. Bungie functions at its best when they have a development partner and I think that's what's going on in the background. That makes more sense to me. That makes way more sense to me than, oh yeah, they went through all this and there won't be a D3. There won't be a D3. I don't think so. You don't buy your IP and then and then basically run it into the ground in an old engine for the next couple of years and be like, yep, yeah, that's what we wanted to do. No, absolutely not. Is D3 further out than probably people initially thought? Sure, I think it's probably 2023 now. But there, I, I just... I can't fathom that being their plan. Uh, protect us with the brand new sub and Jessaturo. Jessaturo with a brand new Prime sub. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing. Is D3 not on PlayStation then? No, 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 no. A development partner. Bungie would never do a development partnership with Microsoft and agree to not putting the game on their largest audience install base. That would be so incredibly short-sighted and stupid. If they partner with if they partner with Microsoft for more development bandwidth and to have somebody basically building the core elements of the game, there's literally no way they would they would keep the game off of Sony. That would be so stupid. That's their largest player pool. It would, no, there would not be Xbox only content. I don't think so. I don't think they ever want to go back to that. They made those they made those assurances when they said we broke from Activision, we're no longer going to have console exclusives. We're going to bring cross save. They want to do cross play. They wouldn't start banging that drum if their long-term plan was to be like, "Yeah, let's do Microsoft exclusives." <laughs> they wouldn't do that. That also doesn't make sense with everything that they've done. You go back and you listen to everything they've said and the language that they use and the way they talk about this franchise and where they want to take it and I don't see that coming to fruition in this game and this engine. It just I, I do not see that coming to fruition. I don't think so. Remorse91. Uh, with the tower event and Grandmaster Nightfall feeling half-baked, is it possible they just can't focus on updating PvP and PvE in the same season, and these activities were afterthoughts, so the season didn't feel like Drifter, but with the PvP focus? I don't think this is right, because the teams are separate. It's They're not pulling people off of PvE to work on... the, the, the They're not pulling from one team. So like, this is I don't think this is the right read. I think it's a skeleton crew. I think this entire year is skeleton crew, by the way. Um, I think this entire year is skeleton crew. This is a get-by year. It's a survival year. Um, So, and IGN is apparently reporting... uh, Have you seen this video? It includes some pretty heavy quotes from Pete Parsons regarding working on Destiny. Bungie will release at least one non-Destiny game by 2025 really interesting that could be the uh, that could be the the NetEase money right Bill Spencer's an avid Destiny fan never say never I'm telling you I, I believe I'm a believer dude 
Uh, next question. B Rush. Why does Bungie keep putting exotics in the game that are continuously breaking the game then have to go back and nerf them? It's not really a question, it's just you complaining. Uh, Avin J. In all of Luke Smith's interviews and tweets, I hear a lot about MMO PvE stuff, but almost nothing about PvP. Well, except for when they had the deleted scene from August 2019, and he talked about how much he loves Trials and wanted to bring it back. Um, so I don't think his vision is a deprioritization of PvP. I think that your your question is ignoring that particular section. They recorded that in 2019. It's in the Trials trailer, and he talks about how he loved playing Trials with his buddies every weekend. It was something that he looked forward to, and that was one of the driving reasons that he wanted to bring it back. So... When he talks big picture, I think that's what he talks about because he's he's a wow guy at heart. But I don't think he's deprioritizing PvP. Dad, not good. Do you think that Bungie missed an opportunity for better engagement in the activity by splitting it over three locations? Th- that's one of those things where it's like if they would have just put it on one location, they could have had more variety, better boss structure. It could have felt more dynamic and not so repetitious. But then you're always on Earth. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. You put it on three planets, different enemy types to try to spice it up, and then it ends up not feeling that great. You know? Let me just text my wife and make sure. Uh, just making sure you made it. Because <laughs> I've not heard from AT&T yet, but I want to make sure they're there in case the tech just shows up and doesn't notify me first. Um, Darth Jader. TBH, I was very confused how to complete the towers, period. Would some voice prompts and instructions help players better understand? Um, well, uh, the tech to notify me. I, I do think that at the bare minimum, a visual indicator, a visual indicator and balls tracking, like, you know how when you throw the balls in the one fight, the Nocris, and they track to the crystals? I think those two things would have made the event significantly better. They made it significantly better. There's no visual indicator. So people grab them and throw them and miss, or they grab them and throw them and it blows up. Like, why can't it drop on the ground if you miss? Like the, like the forges. What the frick? Like, what, what is this? So, like, there's a handful of things. Like, that, we're not even talking about, like, the logistics of there's no matchmaking and it's failable. Like, if you just talk about the event itself, I talked about that in a separate video. It's just bad. It's just bad. There's no visual indicators. The balls blow up and they don't track. Right? What what is this? What who designed this? And with the exception of the hive, all the enemies cheat. They cheat. They will literally get to the thing on the last second and prevent you from getting six balls because they teleport or they Michael Jordan foul line jump like a cabal is like, here I come, and he just like floats like and lands on it. Get the frick out of here. It's bad. It's bad. And then the server teleports. This giant freaking spongy donut just teleports to the plate. Great. Yeah, easy, easy. We're not going to kill him in time. All right, here comes the two balls is bad I'm telling you it's right up there with reckoning it's some of the worst PVE content they've ever made from the bottom to the top no visual indicators the balls uh, the balls don't track the balls blow up the enemies teleport it, it's from the bottom to the top 
And then you start adding on the other negatives. No matchmaking, it's failable. They made it harder just because. It requires team synergy with randoms. Bad, 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 bad. There's almost nothing good about it. Now, it's not bad when you matchmake with people who know what they're doing, but like that is such a giant if. If you get a full fire team in a full space with people know what they're doing and they're synergized and they're working together, then it's good. That's a whole lot of ifs. It, it reminds me of Reckoning. If you go into Reckoning with the right builds and the right exotics to constantly get your super back, it's actually not that bad. It's like, well, that's a whole lot of ifs. Clickfire. Do you think that there's a way Bungie can implement more in-game directives so vets and new light players don't have to rely so much on YouTube, Reddit, and streamers to figure things out? Well, this again doesn't seem like an actual question. It just feels like you complaining about you have something specific in mind. I don't think it's that hard to figure anything out in this game. Did you need a YouTube video to figure out Sundial or the Obelisks? What? What do you? I don't even know what you're talking about here. There's not that much in the game that requires a freaking YouTube or a Reddit or, or you know a Reddit guide. I, I don't agree with this. Uh, TYTY Mossy. Do you think weapon retirement will actually affect anything with how little power level is likely to change? Because 10 to 20 level won't really do much to a gun. It's kind of broken. I don't think you I don't think you have a firm grasp on how this will work, which is okay. They haven't outlined it. I think there's a reason this season they gave us a 40 level bump. If you have a gun that is no longer infusible, and then the next season there's a 40 level bump, and aspirational content is slightly above that level bump. Like right now we can hit a thousand ten and aspirational content is beyond that. It's a thousand thirty. Okay. So what's forty levels below a thousand ten? What what uh it's it's, it's nine seventy. Right? So nine seventy. So you have a gun that's nine seventy and the and the and the level bump is up to a thousand ten and that gun can't go beyond nine seventy. And you go into a thousand thirty content, that gun sucks. It's trash. The thousand level content, it's going to be weaker. A gun's damage is based on its power level. Even though you can make all your other levels go up, your armor, your other guns, and you're like, I don't understand. I'm a thousand twelve and my gun's really weak. Well, yeah, you're a thousand twelve, but your gun's nine seventy. Its damage output will be automatically nerfed in an environment. You're shooting enemies that are a thousand, it'll do less damage. Because it's 30 levels below that enemy's power. It really will start to hurt at 40 and 50 levels below. So the weapon will become, uh, it won't be viable. Going to strikes, going to public spaces, you know, going to lower level nightfalls, it'd be fine. Going to reckoning, it'd be going to gambit, it'd be fine. It'd be fine in there. Aspirational content where the power level delta is going to be looming up high in the air, that's when it falls away. This is again why people get so frustrated. It kills me too. The people that argue about this, so many of them, I can tell by the way they talk, they don't freaking touch the end game. They just want to whine on the internet. It's like, this is only going to affect you in a raid or, or a dungeon or a Grandmaster Nightfall. How many raid completions do you have? How many Grandmaster Nightfalls are you doing? Well, I mean, I I play strikes in public events, but yeah, well then shut the frick up. It isn't going to affect you. Think about, just really think about this. Only 10% of the community goes into raids. So sunsetting, arguably, only affects a minority in the community in a significant way. Most of the community is almost completely unaffected. Almost completely unaffected by it. I have to take this. Hang on. Hello? 
Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Great. See you then. I know I didn't. I, I know I didn't mute. I was just saying yes, 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 and yes. So I, I know. <laughs> okay, they're on the way. Uh, they're on the way. So, um, we're good. We're good. So that is how sunsetting works. So if you're if you're more in like the bottom ninety percent of the community, you you will become almost completely unaffected by sunsetting. It won't do anything to you. It really won't. That's what kills me about people are blowing it so out of proportion. 90% of the community never, never sets foot in a raid. It's it's affecting a small portion of the community. And the thing that drives me crazy about this is the people that it affects the most are the ones who need it the most. We need better and cooler things to chase. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? (laughs) So... We're not going to be able to get to all the questions today. I am sorry about that. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. I've got something cool that we can do. So please don't leave my stream. If you've enjoyed this segment, interactive radio show podcast, it gets lively, but it stays family friendly. Remember to click the follow button. That is a free way to support me. The viewership's been nuts lately. Uh, A lot of new names in chat. A lot of great support of the channel. I do this every day. I usually don't end early like this. I have to go do something. But don't leave yet. Please don't leave. We can do something really, really cool uh, before, before I end the day. So most of the time, I stream during the day for long periods of time and usually spend the afternoons lately in Valorant, doing shout casting, playing, lots of different style of content. So I try and give you as much content as I can. I know lots of people are stuck at home. So I try and give you almost like a radio show. You can just lurk and listen throughout the day make the day go by a little bit uh faster so if you've been listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube uh you can always come in and catch me live at say no to rage.com and if you're here live right now don't go anywhere please like share and subscribe